Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. In this episode, I talk to a member of NCHC staff who wishes to remain anonymous about her experience of the menopause. Tell us a bit about your experience. I think initially, because I'd started going through like perimenopause from like 39. So I kind of got used to all of those symptoms and the, the hot sweats at more at night time, the itchy legs, but there weren't any major symptoms. So I kind of just carried on. Then um, I think last September 2020, I got quite ill with a chest infection. I just couldn't recover after three weeks. I was still in bed and couldn't work and I didn't, you know, and I was just very tired and obviously still had chest infection symptoms because then I had quite bad physical fatigue and mental fatigue that I've never had before. And everyone put it down to sort of post-viral symptoms, which part of it would have been. I got to a point where even two hours of reading a screen was enough for me. Every 20 minutes I'd have to have a rest because the mental fatigue I've never experienced before. Um, My line manager at the time did a really good return to work where we actually did do two hours and then I actually needed to rest and fall asleep for (laughs) majority of the rest of the day. And I think having a preschooler as well was quite difficult because you can't rest outside of your working time. So you kind of needed that rest to then sort of be able to continue with your work and your home life. Uh, Even after six weeks of gradually increasing the hours I was working at work and it was just being home-based as well, I was still very tired. The symptoms were sort of physical fatigue and achy joints, whereas previously I'd been quite active and just sort of yeah you just have to basically do a lot of your um fatigue management things of resting so at this point did you did you think it was still the viral infection yeah because I can't I mean because I'd never been that ill before with a chest infection that I just sort of put it down to that yeah everyone was just saying it just will take time so but then Four months, like driving was difficult. It was enough just doing work from home and just even outside of work was difficult. So you couldn't actually plan too much. And then, yeah, so it got to January. I started trying to do some home visits, but I could only manage one a day. And again, you kind of just rested in between the visits. And because my blood pressure was quite low as well, that I just needed to come back. And actually, take, I think I began to take lunch breaks and actually needed to raise my legs and just quickly like switch off. So I've, I started reading a lot more in my breaks, like fictional books, because I found that was a good strategy to actually switch off from everything and actually rest your body and your brain. And I think that's what actually is probably my saving grace is actually any opportunity I could take to rest, be it through work or through um childcare I would actually just read a book because I found you actually your brain switches off you actually do rest we have that kind of instilled nature of just well it's, I've got, got a break to do something else yeah <laughs> you got to clean yeah. you got to put clothes away you got yeah. there's, <laughs> there's always, always a job tasks. to do yeah so it's just telling yourself actually no you, you need to rest yeah that's hard to do I think especially when you're yeah. so busy 
in the early days, it was real. I never got headaches before, real severe headaches if you'd overdone it, real severe joint pain if you'd overdone it. And so I I just realised I can't, I couldn't carry on unless I actually tried to sort of pace myself. So when did you get a diagnosis and and how did you get? I stopped having the real severe headaches and the mental fatigue was less and the um, physical fatigue was less, but it was still there that it impacted on your day. So there's something else going on. And I think it was after Easter because I think I was had to do more at work and I went on the ward. I just didn't get the rest breaks that I needed, like in the community that I could take. And it completely sort of wiped me out. And I physically had joint pain, but worse. And I, I think that's when I was actually had to have some sick leave off work again. And I thought, this isn't this isn't right. This has gone on too long. It can't just be post-viral fatigue. And luckily, um, the GP I had was a really good GP and said, look, we'll just see you face to face. Yeah, they did all the tests and they were like, well, you've kind of reached the menopause, not just perimenopause anymore. And that made sense because I'd hardly had periods anyway since age 41. So it kind of, we got used to not having periods for seven months and then you might have had one. But I think it felt very different this time. And so she, the GP was really good and rang me the next, after the results came back and said, well, you know, because she spoke to me previously about starting HRT and said, we'll get you on that. And yeah, I think she was saying it, some people find results in three months, some people find results in six months. But so they started me on that. I think the mental fatigue and the physical fatigue were the major and the joint pain were the major issues that I experienced that impacted throughout sort of everything I do. I'd get um, blood ulcers about three times a week in my mouth and I just I just put it down so that's old age. You know, I don't know, it's just... And um, after two weeks of being on HRT, that the mouth ulcers just healed up and I'd had them for years. Mental fatigue is less so because I think I've been on HRT for six months and I found that's actually got my brain working back as quick as I used to. I think initially I put stuff in the oven and I'd completely forget that I'd put it in before I kind of realised actually it is menopause. I thought it was like early onset dementia. It was quite scary because I was forgetting things and I'd go to places, I'd park up and I couldn't remember how to get back to the car and things like that that I just found really quite scary. Luckily, HLT has solved that for my for the kind of mental fatigue and yeah so it's just the physical and joint problems that I kind of suffer more with now. Yeah I mean do you think that's got anything to do with the fact that we don't necessarily normalise these conversations that something like that happens you wouldn't necessarily think oh forgetfulness could be the menopause if we talk more about these kind of symptoms as scary as it might sound it's better to be in the know isn't it you know it's it's just making sure that people know of all of these symptoms and the sort of non-physical symptoms that's what I find so interesting we always talk about hot flushes but the non-physical symptoms like the mental fatigue you're describing I mean what kind of impact has that had on your day-to-day life in terms of being at work and trying to manage that with out with patients say for example I was going to say because luckily when it was at its worst um, I was at home so I did triage or I was doing um, phone assessments I wouldn't have had the energy to actually get out there and do home visits but so luckily doing phone assessments I could write everything down and just recall it to patients or relatives 
after I'd had a phone assessment, I found just all the information you take on board and all, I suppose, the processing of the information, I found then you actually had time to actually work out, okay, what is my plan with them? So I found you needed a rest after maybe talking on the phone for 40 minutes. You actually needed to switch off before you'd actually try and start working out what I'm doing next. And then even writing up notes, I didn't have to sort of take a break between it, but I had that time because I was at home. So it kind of, even though everything was a lot slower and a lot tiring, you actually had the space and time to do it. And you mentioned the support that you've had from your line manager, and I think that's great. And do you talk about it much with any of your colleagues? Luckily, um, one of my colleagues was um, sort of understanding of certain symptoms and stuff. We luckily sort of managed patients together to some extent if she needed me to do certain things then we could talk at the beginning of the week and work out between us both what we were going to do so we could share some patients because they might need certain equipment or I could ring through to sort out equipment issues so we worked well as a team and I think a lot of people are understanding so... It can sometimes be one of those situations where when you mention it, you don't realise quite how many other people are going through it. I'm interested to hear a bit more about the HRT because that is obviously one route that that women can go down. Is that something that you would absolutely, yes, I'm definitely going to do that? When I saw the GP, because I obviously continued with the fatigue for six months, she kind of, even before she did the blood test and everything, she, and looked at my record, she was saying it's most likely menopause because of my background of starting perimenopause early on in 39 when I kind of had blood tests back then for fertility. Luckily, I had a really good GP. She kind of told me about, I think it's Menopause Matters, which is a really good website that is run by, I think, doctors or GPs. And there's the pros and cons of taking HRT on that website and so she kind of gave me all the information to read up to kind of discuss it. I mean I don't know a lot about menopause but I think there's a big genetic impact to what age you do get it and my sister had got early menopause in her sort of mid to late 30s She had gone through similar symptoms quite a few years ago and had started on HRT. So hence I could speak to her about what she thought about it. But I just didn't think it was the menopause that I was having. Yeah, you think perimenopause can go on for so long. but So I think that was a big adjustment. Initially, I felt like it's a failure to not be able to manage it without being used in HRT, which is stupid, really, but I can't deal with these symptoms and carry on. Because menopause, the average is 51, and I'm 45, all the information in the GP says it's actually good to be on HRT until 51 for your actual bone health, because you've you've got early menopause. And also the risks like I know in the media there's obviously the high risk of um, breast cancer that's not such a high risk until you reach 51 so it kind of made sense for my own bone health to actually stay on and have the right hormones until 51. Initially I was like I should be able to get through it without HRT but then I thought well and the risk of I mean luckily there isn't a breast cancer 
risk in the family and so my risks were very low so I thought well yeah I'll rather try that because I can't deal with these symptoms six months on I'm so glad because I'm such a different person now to back when it all sort of hit off I definitely think HRT is what's kind of got me to where I am and in a such a better happier place really. So what would you say to women who who might be listening to this and thinking yeah that sounds like you know how I feel? I wish I'd kind of not left it six months of trying to deal with these symptoms and worry that can I actually carry on working and manage sort of work-life balance and I think because it's early menopause I just didn't really think that it was menopausal symptoms I mean I think also with menopause it's so in the media about hot sweats and stuff I had them at night time but I didn't have them during the day yeah I didn't think the mental fatigue the being able to focus on things the memory was such a big issue with the menopause and it is so I'd kind of yeah recommend particularly with the kind of the mental fatigue and the physical pain and joint pain that to see a GP earlier. Don't suffer in silence, isn't it? It's it's mm. speak up, ask friends, family, get talking and, and go and see a GP. Yeah, I think you're right. My response to all the, the man, like line managers that I've spoken to in HR, everyone has been so supportive which has been really good because you don't know how to manage it and it's just it's learning every day of what what is helping and what isn't helping and when it's symptoms you never had before and you're not sure why you've got them it's been so helpful just sort of discussing it yeah Oki Health was so good at actually kind of helping me sort of work out ways that can keep me at work which has been valuable I think so it was just pushing that side of things of the sort of positive reaction I have actually got from the staff. That's brilliant no I'm so glad to hear it as well because especially when you know you're going through something that for six months essentially you didn't know what it was and you thought it was one thing and actually it was another thing so to be able to just go to your line manager and say look I don't know what this is but it's horrible and I need some adjustments and for them to rather than saying oh you know what what could it be for them to just say absolutely let's work it out that's what everybody hopes for isn't it thank you for listening to take a moment with nchc if you've enjoyed this podcast please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes you can also follow nchc on all social media channels